All right, so as we parse through reports of over 100 people dead in Gaza City, the Palestinian Health Ministry says that those people died as they were waiting for food and water and other humanitarian aid inside Gaza City. Uh, Israel's military saying that there were shots fired, but only to people who seem to present some sort of threat. Uh, otherwise, a majority of people were either killed or hurt in a stampede in in a in a in a huge crowd of people uh, as they were trying to gain that aid, that humanitarian aid from those convoy trucks. I would have to imagine, as this is under investigation by the IDF, this is going to throw a monkey wrench into into these ongoing negotiations uh, that are being done in places like Qatar between the the Israelis and and Hamas, uh, partly being uh, helped out and mediated by the United States, places like Qatar and Egypt, also in the mix. What 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 type of problems could arise because of this particular deadly incident? Uh, Danny Davis, uh, of course, you've heard him here on this show a number of times, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel at Defense Priorities and host of Daniel Davis Deep Dive on YouTube. Uh, he joins us once again. Danny, it's great to have you back. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This situation seems like it's it is one where uh, if you read it, uh, kind of read the tea leaves on the outside, people trying to gain aid and and potentially mowed down by gunfire. Uh, how is this going to impact these ceasefire negotiations that are ongoing? Well, look, I mean, even before we're worried about what kind of monkey wrench it may throw into, we just need to look at the substance of what's going on here. The reason why that there was all this problem in a stampede, if you've seen any of the video that some of which I've seen posted on the Washington Post this afternoon, uh, it literally looks like ants just swarming these trucks because these people had been there, the thousands of them had been waiting in this location for the previous night because they are literally starving to death. And there's many aid agencies that are worrying about this. Uh, and so when that food came in, their lives are literally on the, on the stake. So there's no order. There's just every man for themselves. And then, of course, now that you add in some gunfire, then it doesn't take much to understand how there's going to be a stampede and that kind of chaos. But, the, you know, the real question is, why are they starving? Why are, is food not getting in there? Aside from, you know, issues related to the negotiations, and, of course, everybody wants the, the ceasefire to happen so that the hostages can get released. But, look, we ought to care as much about the Palestinian people who are dying sure. in large numbers all the time. That's, that's I think, the bigger issue. And, and how big, I mean, I know the United States and even uh, President Biden has said recently that, that the United States may start airdropping uh, uh, aid in what is the, the, the situation there? I mean, th there is no escape certainly for Palestinians in Gaza. Uh, they are being forced uh, to all different uh, quadrants and segments of, of the strip, uh, particularly down South. What is the, the, the current situation in the, in the strip and for people who, who are, who are pinned in there? Yeah, you see that, that Netanyahu is continuing to be emphatic that negotiations are no negotiations. He's still planning on 
uh, launching an offensive into Rafah in the, the last major stronghold in the south, right next to the Egyptian border. And he keeps telling everybody, well, you can go north. You can go to areas we've already cleared, but there's no path for that. There's no food. Already there's about 300,000 Palestinians in the northern part of the Gaza City area that are, are on the brink of starting to starve to death because they can't get any food up that far. Uh, so you see everywhere you want to look, there's problems. You know, I don't know if you saw, but uh, earlier this morning uh, in testimony on Capitol Hill, Secretary of Defense Austin uh, said that there had been 25,000 women and children alone had been killed so far in this. And that's a shocking number by itself. And so there's got to be more pressure than just President Biden saying, hey, I'm going to airdrop some food in there. More firm action has to be taken to stop this catastrophe before it turns into an all-out debacle. So what is the answer? I mean, what is that? What is the solution here? Because we've heard politicians say, well, we need a solution. But what what does that look like? I'll tell you flat out that the solution is right now an immediate ceasefire and a prioritization of the individual, of the Palestinian people who are on the brink of starving to death in large numbers. That's absolutely step one, period, full stop. Because if you don't do that, if you want to try to make these negotiations and other things, which all take a lot of time, if that has to precede that, then you're condemning even more people to unnecessary death. So that has to happen first. Once you can get the, the fighting stopped and the killing stopped, and large amounts of aid in to support these people, now then you can do the longer work to get the negotiated settlements and all kinds of other things done. All that takes a lot of time, but the first step is absolutely stop the fighting. There was also, uh, I, I saw a story that there is potentially underway, I, I believe they're meeting in Russia, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, factions of of Palestinians and, and I believe even uh, representatives of Hamas uh, are meeting to try to form some sort of of group that would be able to govern inside Gaza if if Hamas is taken out or removed. What what a, a type of change would that represent in the Gaza Strip if if true Palestinians were in charge as opposed to you know a, a group of terrorists? Well, see, that's part of the problem that Netanyahu is creating in that he's saying he will not allow. You know, Hamas under any name to continue to administratively rule in Gaza Strip. He won't allow the Palestinian Authority, and there is no other entities, and he's doing nothing to create one. So he's creating a situation where the only option is an Israeli military uh, occupation and administration. And, and of course, that won't be seen as as, uh, uh, viable in the eyes of the Palestinian people, so that you've got to find someone new that the Palestinian people support and endorse even for an interim government and, and unfortunately I, I mean you know Russia's trying to do this but you know, who's who in the West is going to pay any attention to what Russia says so I don't know that there's a lot of fruit to be had there but somebody's going to have to if Israel wants any possibility of, of a peace and, and coexistence within the Palestinian thrift once the fighting does end what's the the, the sentiment do you feel against BB inside Israel um, because it's it's easy to to say in wartime, generally your your the leaders of your country are are backed, right? But I, but I think there is some sense that that Netanyahu may be heavy handed here. What's the what, what's the reaction inside Israel uh, yeah. on the direction of Benjamin Netanyahu? There's an there's an interesting dynamic at play here. It doesn't get any coverage, and I would say not much. But I haven't seen any coverage in Western media, especially in the U.S. That there 
are large-scale protests going on inside Tel Aviv, inside of Israel, against Netanyahu. They, they, they suppress that news, but it's out there all the time because there's a significant portion of the people that are against this war. They want it to end. They want to get their hostages back. They want that prioritized instead of conquering territory, whatever. But then there's also an even bigger block of the Israeli society that's totally good with what Netanyahu's doing. That's why they were elected in the first place. And they're saying, yeah, keep going. Don't stop. Uh, and they're fine with the casualty count, frankly. Uh, so that keeps Netanyahu afloat. And so there's, when the war is over, I think by all accounts, politically, Netanyahu will definitely be uh, removed from power. But until that time, it appears that he has enough domestic support on him, from his side and his political uh, parties to keep him in power uh, however long the war keeps going. I, I've, I've actually talked to some experts recently, and they said they, uh, even though he's unpopular among many, even on his side, they're not going to take any action to remove him until the situation is solved on the ground, or at least according to their their hopes. I got about thirty seconds left here. Uh, we we lost a, a, a serviceman, an airman uh, in the United States uh, in a in a horrific protesting incident uh, uh, based on what's happening in Palestine. What were your thoughts on that? It, just a couple seconds here. Uh, yeah, it, it was egregious to me that, that somebody felt that strongly about it, that they took that kind of an action. But, you know, I, I don't know if it's a canary in the coal mine, but I think that more and more people in America are starting to come to that view. Mm, yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. Danny Davis, always great to, to hear your perspective on what's going on in, in some really important areas in the world. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk again very soon. In the meantime, got to take a break. Justin Amash coming up next on JR Afternoon.